0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of osteomyelitis found under the MSK section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 53 year old man presents to the emergency department for fever, chills, and pain in the left foot. His symptoms began several weeks ago and have progressively worsened since. The pain is present with and without movement. He denies any recent trauma to the area. He feels feverish and experiences rigors at night. Medical history is significant for poorly controlled type 2 diabetes mellitus and peripheral vascular disease. On physical exam, there is a tender and erythematous ulcer on the pedal surface of the left foot. A probe-to-bone test is performed and demonstrates a hard and gritty surface. Laboratory testing is significant for an elevated erythrocyte sedimentation rate And C reactive protein and leukocytosis. A plain radiograph demonstrates periosteal thickening and soft tissue swelling. Microbial cultures are obtained, and he has started on empiric antibiotics. Let's continue with an introduction to osteomyelitis. Clinically, this is defined as inflammation of the bone and bone marrow that is most commonly due secondarily to infection that can be categorized as either acute osteomyelitis or chronic osteomyelitis. Acute osteomyelitis is more common in children and typically has symptom onset that is within two weeks post infection. Chronic osteomyelitis is more common in adults and typically symptoms persist months or years post infection. Risk factors include diabetes, peripheral vascular disease, open fractures, intravenous drug use, catheter use, and surgery. In terms of the etiology, note that the infection can be due to bacteria. Fungi, and mycobacteria. In terms of the microbiology, Staphylococcus aureus is the most common cause overall. This may be seen in sickle cell disease, prosthetic joint replacement, vertebral involvement, and intravenous drug use. Neisseria gonorrhea is rare. Staphylococcus epidermidis can also be seen in prosthetic joint involvement. Salmonella species may be seen in hemoglobinopathies such as sickle cell disease or thalassemia. Mycobacterium tuberculosis can also be seen in cases of vertebral involvement, which is referred to as Pott's disease. Pasteurella multocida can be seen in cases caused by cat or dog bites, and Pseudomonas in Canada can also be seen in cases caused by intravenous drug use. In terms of the pathogenesis, there may be hematogenous seeding of bone, contiguous spread of infection from the adjacent structures such as the soft tissues and joints, or direct inoculation, such as from penetrating trauma and contaminated surgical tools. With regards to prognosis, remember that mortality has significantly decreased since the use of antibiotics. Moving on to the presentation. Symptoms of acute osteomyelitis may include lethargy, acute pain in the affected site, and erythema. In chronic osteomyelitis, patients may present with chronic pain. On exam, one may note swelling Erythema, tenderness, reduced range of motion, bone tenderness, ulcers, exposed bone that may be seen, sinus tracts, which are pathognomonic for chronic osteomyelitis, and remember that one must perform a neurovascular exam. In terms of further imaging, radiography is indicated as the preferred initial test in evaluating for osteomyelitis. Note that it takes 10 to 14 days post infection for findings to appear. Specific findings may include periosteal thickening and elevation, known as the quote-unquote Codman triangle. Magnetic resonance imaging is considered when radiography is unrevealing. Specific findings may include bone necrosis, abscesses, and sinus tracts. In terms of further studies, labs may demonstrate elevated C-reactive protein, elevated erythrocyte sedimentation rate, and leukocytosis, which may be present in acute osteomyelitis but this is unlikely to be found in chronic osteomyelitis. Biopsy and culture can help to confirm the diagnosis. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about septic arthritis, gout, cellulitis, and osteosarcoma. In terms of treatment, medical options include empiric antibiotics. This is considered the mainstay of treatment, and it is eventually tailored to the organism after culture sensitivities return. Operative options include debridement. This is indicated to remove necrotic tissue. And lastly, complications related to osteomyelitis include bone necrosis, sepsis, and squamous cell carcinoma, which is the most common tumor associated with osteomyelitis. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to osteomyelitis, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, Consider the following clinical scenario. A 7-year-old Caucasian male presents with temperature of 38 degrees Celsius. During the physical exam, the patient complains of pain when his femur is palpated. The patient's parents state that the fever started a few days after they noticed a honey-colored crusting on the left upper lip of the child's face. Culture of the bacteria reveals a catalase-positive, gram-positive cocci. Which of the following bacteria is most likely to be found in a biopsy of the child's left femur? And the answer choices are, choice 1, Staphylococcus aureus, choice 2, Staphylococcus eprophyticus, choice 3, Streptococcus pyogenes, choice 4, Clostridium perfringens; or choice 5, Escherichia coli. The best answer to this question is, choice one, Staphylococcus aureus. The child described in this vignette has a catalase-positive, gram-positive cocci-cutaneous infection that resulted in pyogenic osteomyelitis. The most common cause of pyogenic osteomyelitis is a Staphylococcus aureus infection. Staph aureus can cause osteomyelitis when it spreads from the initial infection site via blood, or it may spread from a site close to bone, particularly long bones in children. Symptoms may include a fever, leukocytosis, and pain near the site of the infected bone. Radiographic findings may demonstrate bone damage. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Staphylococcus aprophyticus is a cause of urinary tract infections in sexually active females. Choice 3. Streptococcus pyogenes, a catalase-negative, gram-positive cocci, is a common cause of skin and pharyngeal infections. Choice 4. Clostridium perfringens is a common cause of wound infections leading to gangrene. Choice 5. Escherichia coli is a common cause of urinary tract and gastrointestinal infections. That's all for this review about osteomyelitis. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.